this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. Jay? Jay, are you here? No, you're, you're not. <laughs> you're stuck in a traffic jam for our very special Thanksgiving episode that we've been doing. This is our third anniversary of our thankful for music in the year that has passed in uh, 2020 we did it because of uh, covid lockdown we were all bored at home tired of watching uh, live streams of artists playing acoustic guitar so uh we decided to do a a, a good old-fashioned uh zoom call like we were used to at that point and then we continued it on in 2021 and we're doing it again this year we've got a nice round table a big healthy thanksgiving well mostly healthy sorry marissa uh round table of folks joining us from all over uh welcome back i'm gonna rattle them off welcome back chip midnight welcome back phil fleming welcome back ian mciver welcome back ryan allen welcome back marissa buxbaum and welcome for the first time i believe bill davison how are you mr yeah, davison I'm good. thanks for rookie. having me here awesome. i am indeed yes um Everybody who has uh, has listened to this show knows that we talk about albums that came out in the 90s, but however, we do listen to new music. Uh, I know that's shocking, but if, it shouldn't be because in our box newsletter that comes out every week, we have two reviews of new releases, whether that those are albums or uh, movies or TV shows or books or what have you. We're going to be talking mostly about music, but if somebody has a, a book, music book that they've read or or documentary or something like that feel free to to bring that up um i have a list i'm sure you all have a list so i'm just going to go around and let's just get this party started with um i'm going to start with let's see if i can do this alphabetically by last name ryan allen give me one of your albums that you're thankful for in 2022 and tell us why uh yeah um i feel like the 90s went very hard in 2022 um so i have to start with a band that um i loved in the 90s i saw them the first time i saw them was opening for weezer um uh in a in a at a i guess it would have been a theater tour so like 96 maybe or something um but uh, Archers of Loaf uh, is the name of the band, and uh, they put a new record out this year called Reason and Decline. And, um, you know, I saw a lot of my friends and people like sort of like slighting it for not being um, like a facsimile of what they were doing in the 90s. But um, I think it's a fantastic record. It's uh, it's anthemic, but dynamic, and it really kind of like really puts a focus on songwriting um, in a way that I think Eric Bachman, who's the sort of lead singer of Archers of Loaf, um, really, 
you know, dug deep into with the crooked fingers and his solo work, but it really is that like kind of mash between what he was doing in crooked fingers and what archers was doing in the nineties. And it's just, it's, you know, lyrics are really poignant and political and, and sort of pissed off. And that's kind of where the archers thing kind of seeps in, but the songs are just really like, um, composed really well and there's a good energy there and it's just a it's a it's a great return record it's not a re- return to form i would say necessarily but it's a uh, it's an awesome record for a band that hasn't made one in like 25 years i agree i reviewed that for the box and i thought it was excellent did anybody else check out the new archers album i interviewed eric for the new issue of big takeover on newsstand soon excellent Everybody get their plugs in. Make sure you get your plugs in when you get a chance. Uh, Marissa, what's an album that you're thankful for in 2022? Uh, I'm sure you already know the answer, <laughs> Tim. <laughs> but but um, any year in which the Afghan Wigs release a new record and go on a tour is a good year for me. So I'm incredibly thankful for How Do You Burn, which is my favorite Afghan Wigs album that they have released since their reunion in 2012 i want to say so it's been 10 years now just crazy wild to think about also crazy to think that i have now seen the afghan wigs more times live than i have the twilight singers and i came into greg dooley's music as a twilight singers fan originally but this album is is it feels to me almost like a synthesis of everything that he's done that i love the most it really leans into that uh, sort of 70s AOR feel. It's a great driving down an open highway with a lead foot record. It's got elements of powder burns in there. It's got some 1965 in there. The production is beautiful and glossy. And um, it, it's it's everything I could have possibly wanted out of a, a new Wigs record. And then I got to see... Um, large chunks of it performed live in, uh, I think seven total cities in 2022. So that's, that's my pick. If I had to pick one record, it's how do you burn? Well, one for now, and then we'll get into our lists <laughs> as we go through. Bill. Why don't you uh, share with us uh, an album? Let's see. Uh, <clears throat> well, I recently picked up, uh, the 1993, uh, one and done album by the semantics, uh, power bill. Uh, featuring Will Owsley. Um, I'm going to have to to cheat, pretend I really remembered everything that I was going to say about this band by looking at Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, Miller Powers, Jody Spence, and later Zach Starkey. Um, it's, it's great. I mean, I like Will Owsley's stuff. I heard the Owsley record when it came out. I was working at a record store. We used to play it always. <laughs> um, and I didn't uh, dislike hearing it uh, after we played it. 10 million times. Um, it was really fun to, to finally find this record. I think I actually had to order it. Well, I ordered it through Amazon, but I think it came from Japan, or at least it came from overseas. It took forever to get here, but it did get here. Pretty amazing. Um, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, great songwriting, uh, great performance. Um, maybe uh, not quite as hard as a lot of the stuff uh, the Dig Me Out reviews, but um, it's certainly got a lot of energy. And uh, if you Enjoy Power Pop, which I do. Uh, I recommend it. Excellent. Yeah, I've been interested to check out more of his stuff, Will Owsley, because uh, 
I remember liking that record and need to get into more of his songwriting. Uh, Phil, what you got for us? Well, I mean, and and I'm just starting to get into it, but uh, Suede's Autofiction. I got to see them last week and it was just mind blowing. And, and to think that they they ended the the U.S. tour in the very space where all of their crap was stolen twenty five years prior. Just oh. made a great cap on their entire <laughs> U.S. <laughs> career, at least. Um, but yeah, it just reignited my my fandom of Suede. I mean, I, I I went to that show more more of a Manix fan, but oh my god, they. Uh, they just totally mopped the floor with Mannix. I agree with you. Actually, like, who opened for you? Because I saw them in Austin and Suede opened. Mannix opened. Okay. So there was definitely a Suede crowd, which I was not expecting in Austin, Texas, because some people left after Suede played. Oh, wow. Which I was like, first of all, when are you ever going to see the Mannix <laughs> again? But... I, I didn't understand it, but I, they put on such different shows. Like um, Jay was saying, I'll, I'll speak for Jay here since he's not here. Um, the energy that Suede put on was amazing, but the Manics really showcased their songwriting skills, like how good their songs are. Writing, you know, three, four minute long singles that for some reason just never made a dent here, but they basically played at greatest hits set and it was oh absolutely awesome. yeah uh, they could they, they were a little more they were a little more jumpy and and looser probably because it was like the second to last show of, of the tour mm-hmm. but yeah they 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 looked like they enjoyed themselves crap i mean it was definitely more of a suede crowd but but they, they were they were very receptive to manix and i mean they they played a sit down theater so i don't know what the types of venues that they played on the rest of the tour if there were more like open rooms or not but the the theater that they played was definitely not an open room um <laughs> no, yeah. no ga there ian tell us oh. one uh, album from this year that you're thankful for Got a whole bunch. I mean, I did ten for your box news. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get to those. I want one right now because I got categories. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, uh, noise units. Uh, Chiba City Blues uh, was a, a posthumous release for for Jeremy Uncle that uh, Bill Lee released. I mean, this was material that was done. Uh, I mean, the, the rumor started 2013 2014 after Echo Genetic was released uh, and kind of picked up a bit more after some of the touring cycles were done. So it was, I I was looking forward to it and then stuff got shelved. Some stuff got reused on, on, um, uh, on a couple of frontline assembly releases uh, and that, but uh, it's, it's nice when um, you honor a a fallen band member and uh, it's like, it, it's nothing that's going to light the world, but uh, I mean, it's a nice uh, gesture for the fans. Yeah. 
Excellent. Chip. All right. What you got? So I have the Mommy Heads Genius Killer. So I was not really all that familiar with the Mommy Heads. I heard them in 97, 98, whenever the Geffen Records self-titled album came out. But uh, got a press release earlier this year that they were going to re-release some early stuff and decided that uh, I would check them out. And I think that was maybe the second or third interview I did for Dig Me Out, talking to a 90s artist and... He said, I didn't really know a whole lot about them. Um, fascinating history. They've been around forever. They've been really prolific the last five, six, seven years. Uh, Adam, the singer, writes and records everything, has access to a studio. They're not, they're not um, chained to a label anymore, so they put stuff out when and how they want, and they just kind of do it, I, I would say for fun, but they, they do it for more than just fun, but they do it for fun. But uh, anybody who has not heard the mommy, Tommy Head's Genius Killer, which I imagine not a ton of people have heard. Um, very, uh, you know, I, I I just wrote down a list of bands that I would sort of put them in the same category. It's kind of got like um, more, I say contemporary, contemporary for the Dig Me Out crowd, uh, Eels and the Posies and uh, maybe Jellyfish, um, but also uh, ELO, Super Tramp. It's just like that power pop um, and again, they've gone through a lot of different sounds, but Genius Killer kind of encap- encapsulates all of that kind of music all within one record. Excellent. Um, I don't know what Jay's pick is, uh, <laughs> but if um, I, I reviewed a lot of stuff for the box this year, and I had a lot of really good records that I checked out, but the one I was thankful for the most was The Return of the Helicopters. Because that band uh, never got their due here in the States. And I just, in the last year, went back and started revisiting the whole catalog from front to... And even when they were around, I sort of started to trail my interest on like the last one or two records. Like I started moving on to other things. Um, And so I didn't even give those records a full listen. And now that I've gone back to them, it just makes me appreciate them coming back and. I know that Nikki uh, Royale tried to do some other stuff with um, a different band and, and that didn't quite catch on the same way that the helicopters did. So I'm really thankful that that band is back together because I think uh, more just like straight ahead rock and roll is definitely a good thing. Absolutely. I, I, I would have I picked helicopters if I hadn't just seen Swain. <laughs> yeah, and that's I mean that you you and Marissa picked two of my other big picks this year. So I'm glad you guys did. Uh because it makes me uh talk about the helicopters. So here's my question. Is there an album, and it doesn't necessarily have to be 80s, 90s related. It could be 80s, 90s influenced if you want to go that direction. But was there a record that you were surprised by that came out this year. You were like, I had no idea this was coming out and I had no idea that I even liked this band. And this record is totally awesome. And you are thrilled that you got to, uh, to check out this record. Um, I'll give you an example. I never gave the fix (laughs) much of a listen beyond one thing leads to another. And they put out a record this year called every five seconds. And I thought it was amazing. Like, it's just super crafty, 
songwriting in the same way that the um the vapors put out a record like a year or two ago and kind of wasn't expecting anything and then it's just like chock full of really good songs um that was what that was it for me like i had no idea that the fix were that good so i actually went out and got like a i went to the record store and the records are like a dollar i mean you can you can buy fix records pretty pretty cheaply in good shape so i grabbed a bunch of fix records and i was like man i really like they're not mentioned in the same category as like midnight oil or these other you know 80s new wave bands um but definitely a, a very cool band so i'm gonna throw it out does someone have a pick for in a, a band or an album that they discovered this year that was not on their radar and they're really happy they did chip um yeah similar to you tim uh it was i was mentioning before you started recording i interviewed about 60 bands this year and and Mm -hmm. i i love talking to bands um obviously uh so when something hits my inbox especially when it's something that relates to the 80s or 90s i you know it's always a thrill to interview a band that i might have stood in front of my bedroom mirror and played air guitar too, or sang into a hairbrush too, or pretended like I was the singer. And I had the opportunity to interview the guitar player from AHA. And they put out a new record last month, two months ago, mm-hmm. that is, it's really, really good. And that's a band that I think that I had sort of written off that I, the, the first, the first two CDs I ever bought were AHA's Hunting High and Low and Dawkins Under Lock and Key. I still have the Dawkins CD. I don't have the AHA CD, but, um, you know, they were at the time of my first CD player, they were a big band for me, probably just for the single, to be honest. I don't know that I, I'm sure I must have listened to the rest of the record, but I listened for Take On Me. But when that, like I said, when that hit my inbox and, and I put in a request and they were like, yeah, you can interview, interview somebody from the band. That was, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time listening to that record and, and it's really good. It's very mature sounding. Um, you know, they definitely, uh, it's much, yeah, it, it's very, uh, I'm 51, and it it fits very much in what a 51 year old should be listening to. I think <laughs> it hits your demographic correctly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who else has one that took you by surprise that you're thankful for, Ian? Um, I, I wouldn't say the materials are surprised, but uh, the Susie and the Banshees compilation that came out. I mean, that came out out of nowhere for. Uh, and um, once that was announced, it was like, oh, wow. And of course, I mean, give credit to, to the popularity of Stranger Things and how they're resurrecting uh, 80s uh, material. Uh, I'm sure uh, Kate Bush is quite thankful of that right now. But um, yeah, and that, that came as a surprise to me. And all, But not, not just the fact that it's following Stranger Things, it's like, they didn't go for the low hanging fruit of, Oh, here's another singles compilation that everyone has. I mean, they, 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 they did. Well, uh, I, I mean, I didn't hear of um, Steve or, or budget contributing. I was, I was everything I, I read. It was okay. This is just Susie. Uh, but uh, like she, she dug deep. I mean, there's album tracks, B sides, there's a couple of singles, but, and uh, like, it's like okay, here's here's something for the fans, and here's something to introduce. And uh, I mean, the Banshees have always had this multifaceted side to them, where it's like they can go in one direction or another, and it just depends on on what the the mood is. But uh, 
and then afterwards it's like oh there's rumors okay they might be getting back to Garrett. it might be a tour in 2023 and it's like oh i'm down for that i mean i, I i've always said if they ever got back to gara i'd be buying a ticket so that comes true i've got the i guess i better make space on my credit card <laughs> ticket <laughs> master's a bit picky right now uh anyone else have a pick they would like to share with the audience bill Take your mute off. Am I unmuted now? Did I do it? You're okay. unmuted now. Uh, so uh, I picked up uh, a 1999 album by Archer Pruitt. Um, I think I had first heard him on Pandora, so I'm dating myself <laughs> in digital sense. Um, and I didn't really know anything about him. And I was at a record store in Vermont, and I saw this, and I thought, oh, that's cool. I'll, I'll see, you know, see what else is. He's done. I'm not, I'm not that familiar. And um, the, the record's called White Sky. Came out in 99. Um, and it was really interesting. Like, uh, definitely not... Uh, what did I describe it? Uh, not... Oh, um, uh, words escaped me. <laughs> I guess I'm used to listening to genre stuff. And um, mm -hmm. it's, it's easy to, to sort of pick out. Like, pop, Power Pop's a, a favorite of mine. And... Um, this record has a lot more instrumentation, a lot more sort of thought into the songwriting and, and recording. And um, I don't know, I was surprised by it. I, you know, when I'm shopping in, in record stores, uh, you know, sometimes I just look for something that seems like it might be interesting, but I don't have a lot of expectations of it. And um, this was good. <laughs> I don't know why I should sound surprised about it, but, um, I, you know, again, I didn't really think much of it, but I, I was very surprised. Excellent. Anyone else? I've got one. Okay. Um, so in the mid nineties, I was very into emo. And uh when you get into emo in the mid nineties, you start to investigate different, you know, uh kind of factions of where it comes from. And I uh sort of stumbled into the Revelation Records universe. Uh but uh, you know, some of that shit was like very, like way too heavy for me and like too tough guy. And I was just like, I don't get, I don't, I shouldn't be, this is not for me, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, I've always, you know, kind of kept my eye on things that come out in that label for whatever reason. And, um, I stumbled upon this band called praise who are on revelation, um, and they are sort of doing this. I guess they they have the drummer to that band Turnstile, who are sort of like a popular heavy band. Anyway, uh, this band Praise is is doing this sort of Discord, like '80s Revolution Summer era Discord sound in a way that like I haven't heard anybody do since those bands were doing it. So definitely like have like a embrace and one last wish and rights of spring and you know um like a dag nasty um gray matter kind of influence so like the catchier poppier side of dc hardcore but it's a really great record 10 like short catchy kind of like hardcore influence songs um but i just wasn't expecting a band in like 2022 to be so specifically referencing something that was so short-lived in like the mid eighties, uh, in Washington, DC that when I 
listened to the single and then sort of stumbled into the record. Um, like it was, it's executed so perfectly that you think you're listening to a discord record in 1986. And it's, it's, and the other thing about it that's cool is it's like super positive. So it's like very uplifting and like positive lyrics and just like when hardcore can so easily like go into that, like, you know, fuck the world, you know, like mindset. It's really cool to hear a band sort of like, again, like referencing that like revolution summer, like, you know, um, uh, PMA approach, you know, um, it's, it was refreshing to hear for sure. So I would highly recommend checking out praise. That made me think of one, Tim, uh, a, a great follow-up to what Ryan was saying was a band that I had only ever read about. And, you know, I'm thankful for Spotify. I know that uh, maybe a lot of artists probably aren't thankful for it, but I <laughs> am uh, a band that I had never listened to. Cause I don't think I had ever come across any of their music. Um, and to get, before I say that, I, I'm, I'm a big Girls Against Boys fan, and I knew that their background, I knew that they had started off in that hard, hard car, hardcore DC scene with the band Soulside, but I had never heard Soulside, and, you know, in the 90s, I don't remember ever running across anything by Soulside, and they just put a new record out, like, two weeks ago. Um, so it was my first first time I've ever heard Soulside, and, uh, and being a Girls Against Boys fan, like, it wasn't what I was expecting. Um, it wasn't like, it wasn't hardcore. Like I was expecting, I think that's what I sort of expected. Uh, um, and I've only had a chance to listen to it twice, but I was very thankful to come across that one just recently and it ha a chance to like actually pull it up on my phone and not have to search, search for it. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. Um, anyone else uh, want to throw well, out a... Also on Ryan's uh, Revelation Records thing, um, I, I kind of rediscovered Sensefield, who had a couple records on Revelation. Um, I mean, they, they they had stuff on other labels before and after, but I, it, how I missed that, especially around the late 90s, was it, it i was genuinely surprised but the album building is amazing yes and we've done a sensefield album on this uh on this podcast i don't remember the title of it or it might have been building or it might have been one of the other ones i don't recall because <laughs> that was that was a more than a few years ago yeah that was an earlier episode in the before times <laughs> uh well let's talk about uh what else is on our lists for records that you're thankful for in 20 
22. Um, I'm just going to I'm going to look at my screen here and say, Marissa, give me some more records that you're thankful for in 2022. Um, that fucking Spoon album. <laughs> it's a great way to introduce it. Holy shit. No, but that that was my reaction to it. Right. And I think and I see everybody laughing that like, a you know, that oh, was oh, probably the, the universal reaction at, at you're least not you're people. not wrong <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, at least for people who love um four chords and a backbeat you know what i mean like it's not reinventing the wheel but it's at the same time inventive and as fiendishly clever as spoon has always been and the songs themselves are just so catchy and it it, it, it is a front to back i don't skip any songs experience i put my headphones on and i just go with it and and um it 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 came so alive um the live show that i saw them i i was very fortunate to get into that that last minute baby's all right show um which was i think probably the only opportunity i'll ever have to see spoon in a club that fits like 200 people or something <laughs> oh wow yeah but the the album is is just a, it's a classic you know how often do you get a, a a release that's so instantly recognizable as as a classic from a band that's been active since spoon has been around since the late 80s right uh late 90s telephono late? came out in 96 that was the first yeah. okay i'm going to i'm going to blame my covid brain for that one that's okay but, um but they've been you know doing essentially the same kind of of music since then having yeah, this, really that in, indie angular indie pop yeah yeah it i mean it, if it ain't broke don't fix it and they just keep refining it and refining it into something more and more like itself like it is this platonic ideal of of spoon that that album was oh and oh, I, and, for, and for the listeners the album's called lucifer on the sofa yes yeah, sorry that th- i have <laughs> also that should... fucking spoon album <laughs> <laughs> that fucking spoon album lucifer on the sofa it's magnificent i'm i'm a big fan of the run from kill the moonlight gimme fiction ga 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 and to me that's up there with that run of albums yeah i, I mean i, I don't think favorite. they've ever released a record where i thought you know this is bad i right i i have to leave it as opposed to you know there are ones that i feel more or less strongly about and that's honestly that that that's tough yep just pure statistics are working against you the afghan wigs have also never released a bad album but well uh that's true. I, I look at this band in the same way with the wigs. There are there are no bad albums. There's just which ones work best for you, like which ones connect with you best. And that might be right. three albums you might like are completely different from three albums somebody else might like. But they're not none of them are bad. Right. There's no I'm 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 trying to think of like an equivalent universally reviled like nineties flop. Guys, give me something to work with here. <laughs> um Fairweather Johnson. Okay, yeah. So it's 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 no Fairweather Johnson. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there, there's nothing in the catalog that is equivalent. Oh my god. What else you got? As far as your picks. Uh me personally, 
The only one that I can think of off the top of my head right at this very moment, still vaguely feverish, is that Sloan, that fucking Sloan album. <laughs> Steady. Yeah. Yes. Also, um, just the, the Canadian Beatles fetishists, they never let me down. I don't think Sloan has ever released an outright bad record either. I agree with you. I'm yeah. totally with you there. And it, it there, it, it, I think it was a, it, it sounded at least like um, an album when I was listening to the lyrics that, that is sort of directly talking about the pandemic. There are like little snippets of lyrics in there that are, you know, talking about like, you know, being places with your masks on and stuff. And and that, you know, I, I, I thought that my reaction to that might be maybe more negative than it actually wound up being like it, 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 it's not timeless because of that. It's very much of the circumstances that produced it, but it, it was still this enjoyable, very lighthearted um, uplifting listen and five or six songs that just scream, you know, infectious hit single to me. Well, one of the things I liked best about that one was that the drums were recorded like on a Tascam four track. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they went lo-fi. Well, just on the drums. <laughs> just on the drums. That's interesting. Get- I why, I wonder why they made that decision. Uh, probably, the, probably because they all did, they all did their parts at home. Oh, yeah. Necessity is the mother of yeah. lo-fi invention. Yeah, there you go. I guess. Uh, Ryan, what do you got? What a couple picks that you got? Hey, Tim. Yeah, I got some picks. Um, I have to agree. The Sloan record is probably their strongest record um, in the last few. I mean, oh yeah. Easily since Navy Blues. I disagree, but uh, still very strong. And, you know, I I just, I continue to sort of like be impressed at how consistently great uh, they really are. Um, but yeah, great record. Um, also have to agree with the Spoon record. Um but some more on my list. Uh, I really liked that smile record or the smile. I, that that was another that that could have been the answer to the last question about something that surprised you. I didn't I didn't think it would be bad, but I was surprised to hear kind of how much fun those two were having making music. Like it 
Mm-hmm. Like it sounds like two people, one in particular who who's sort of known for being miserable. Um, you know, at least from a like media amplification perspective, just sound like they're having like a blast making these sort of weird songs. Um, so I like that record a lot. Um, the Super Chunk record is really great. Um, probably a little underrated, actually. It's it's a little more laid back. It's kind of like a their version of like a flying nun record, you know, something that would have come out of New Zealand in the 90s. Um, there's more acoustic guitar on it. It's kind of janglier. Um, not a lot of like raging super chunk, you know, like typical super chunk songs, but still really well written. That has definitely uh pandemic references all over it but in a way that's not like cringy at all um the plosives record uh is is a a ripper that's uh rob crow from pinback and a bunch of other bands and and john rees um from rocket from the crypt and hot snakes uh it's just like a super solid punk record rob singing on it is is really really good and the songs are basically, it's like a lost Hot Snakes record without Rick Froberg singing. And it's its really good. Um, one record that, I guess I'll end with this. I could i could keep going, but um, that I, I feel like I didn't give it enough of a chance, but whenever I hear something sort of pop up on a playlist or whatever, that's 90s adjacent that I think I just need to spend more time with. But there's like a lot of glimmers of, of greatness on it is that Urge Overkill record we um i love saturation it's one of my favorite 90s records it's one of my favorite records um but it's good it's just you know i just like the idea of these bands sort of like continuing to push on and you know um continue to create good music um all those bands i listed fall into that category but you know i wasn't expecting urge to make a return um and you know while I, I think it's probably too long and there's probably some crappy songs on it, there's some really great moments that I just feel like need to be revealed to me more. So my commitment yeah, they, is to listen to that record more. Just They just needed to not have that George Michael cover. <laughs> I like that. I, like I didn't that. like that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Pay your respects to the legend. The, yes. <laughs> exactly Hero freedom dude one of the best jams and i don't disagree but their take on it was not very good all right oh, Sorry. There's, oh let's I mean, save this for the hot I mean, take the section of the, of the, uh, really of the uh, discord here we don't need to we don't need to bring uh the hot takes out here mm. into public this is uh this is for this is for family well as as, uh, as dom toretto would say <laughs> uh ian Got a couple that you'd like to share? Oh yeah, like, like I said, I, I I did ten reviews for you this year, so yes, I've got quite a few. So. Not all of them were worthy albums. No, not all of them were worthy albums. Uh, there were there there were a couple of disappointments, but I I, I mean like, um, I'll start with the one that I didn't uh, submit to the review because they're not a '90s band. But I, I did mention in the Discord, but uh, uh, Gold's uh, "The Shame Shall Not Be Mine." Phenomenal album, a uh, band from the Netherlands, and uh, a very personal album uh, for for the singer. But uh, that that was a great listen, and I highly recommend uh, that one. 
but um I mean, going through the list, uh, I mean, Ramstein's there, there are no swallows that were the album. I mean, didn't break any ground, but it was uh, definitely a comfort food for those who enjoy the band. Um, uh, the Crystal Method, uh, that album was good as well, short and too many collaborators, but I mean, it was, it was still good. Um, uh, uh, Dubstar 2, that was... Uh, that was a, a bit of a surprise for me. I wasn't expecting that one. Uh, uh, but, uh, I mean, I shouldn't have been too surprised because half the album, they had released uh, singles during the pandemic over the past two years. Uh, uh, Reese Fulber, uh, he had a, that was a, a definitely a surprise because he just released an album a year ago. I wasn't expecting one so soon. Um, uh, Erasures was good. Um uh, uh, Pigs was was, was excellent. Uh, I was glad he uh, is still uh, recording music. So it, it definitely uh, fills a void where uh, one that I'll save for the disappointment and uh, go with the contrast and, and when you bring those ones up. So, but yeah, uh, so yeah, it was it was definitely a, a good year for for me. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Bill, do you have some other picks for what you uh, enjoyed new, uh, new stuff this out this year? Oh, uh, stuff out this year. Uh, so I'm kind of uh, a late to everything kind of uh, listener. <laughs> I, I find things well after they've been released. Um, I guess in terms of stuff that's come out this year, um, I'll mention a record that uh i've been listening to a lot recently uh by a band called rogue oliphant they are a band out of new jersey new york new jersey uh based around lyrics written by uh pulitzer prize winning irish poet paul muldoon um this hmm. is actually paul's third band um he had a band called racket <laughs> in the 2000s uh followed by wayfair shrines uh wayside shrines excuse me uh there's only a one one album uh and then this current album uh group excuse me uh rogue elephant this is their third record called highlights of the low life um the band members include well including in addition to paul uh we have chris harford who had a uh that's what i'm trying to say uh solo record out in on electra in 1992 called beheaded uh, we have Ray Cuban, who is, plays with a lot of indie rock bands, uh, including Electric Six, um, Chris Forsyth, and the Solar Motel Band, uh, Dean Ween Group. Um, who else? We've got uh, David Mansfield, who was part of Dylan's Rolling Thunder Review, um, Cater, uh, Cotter Reardon, who is uh, in the Pogues, and Warren Zanes, who is in the Del Fuegos. And uh, 
so the, the way the, the band really works is that uh, Paul writes the lyrics and then sort of gives them to musicians and tells them to write music for the lyrics. And uh, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool band project. Um, I know it's, uh, it's been enriching for some of the folks in the band, just an opportunity to, uh, you know, to stretch themselves in, sort of, in terms of, um, you know, uh, you know, I think a lot of musicians are used to doing everything themselves. I mean, obviously, there are people that are used to working with lyricists, uh, famous examples. But um, uh, but this, I think, uh, uh, is an interesting collaboration uh, with somebody who's specifically just working as the lyricist for the band um, and uh, and kind of bringing together talent to uh, to create songs around it. Uh, and they do this great uh, performance, uh, mostly in New York, but also in Ireland called Muldoon's Picnic where uh, Paul uh, gathers together other poets and writers uh, and, and the band. And, uh, you know, it sort of goes back and forth between songs uh, that the band uh, performs, uh, poems that uh, Paul might recite uh, or uh, other poets may recite. Um, it's a pretty fantastic show. Uh, so it's been, a, it's been a fun record. Um, also getting a sense as to how the different songwriters in the group, all, all the musicians write songs uh, around Paul's lyrics. Uh, just interesting to to hear what uh, the different members of the band come up with in terms of songs. Um, not surprising, I suppose. Uh, Potter Reardon's songs, uh, two of them are, are Celtic uh, based. Um, uh, Dave Mansfield's is uh, um, not, not Dylan-esque, but uh, uh, you know it's got um, uh, more influence of a multi-instrument stringed, multi-instrumental stringed uh, instrument performer. Um, and there's some straight ahead rockers from Warren Zanes and Chris and Ray. Um, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, and the crazy thing, <laughs> um, is that, uh, the record's coming out on vinyl. There's a three record set. Um, there's not, you have to use a lot of vinyl to put 26 uh, songs on one record, <laughs> um, or on one album. So, uh, that's a lot of fun. And, uh, I think the, album sort of made a, a you know a soft uh release uh at the last Muldoon's picnic show which was in mid-November um but they're going to be continuing to to tour and play and uh um this is the longest description ever <laughs> <laughs> that's okay that's really that's really interesting thank you for sharing that that sounds really cool sorry um I because I've heard that name before Paul Muldoon and I don't know why Maybe the Max Street Preachers used him in a song or something like that. It's usually most of the people that are like poets or uh, intellectuals, I find because they're in song lyrics by like the Max Street Preachers or Public Enemy or someone who's much smarter than me as a uh, as a musician. Um, he, he wrote song lyrics for Warren uh, Zevon before he died. Oh, OK. Interesting. Among other people. Yeah. And Zevon's definitely had amazing lyrics. So. Uh, Phil. Well, mine mine aren't really necessarily '90s adjacent, and that's okay. For 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 those listening, joining the Patreon and the Discord has been an embarrassment of riches for various reasons, and um, the recommendations that I have gotten from that from those channels have been amazing the the last couple of years and um one band out of chicago just blew me away with a one-two punch 
They released a record in July and then a follow-up EP in November that just uh, totally blew my mind. It's the Bishop's Daredevil Stunt Club. Uh, the album's called Please Stand By and the EP's called Vanishing Point. Just everything you want in a power pop band that doesn't and it's and it's not overt recycled you know love songs which is which is just great and um i i found myself listening to both of those a lot in the last six months because the album came out in july um but yeah that's been a that's been a huge highlight like where has this band been all my life they've been putting out stuff for almost 20 years and oh okay i, I guess <laughs> you explain that for them. <laughs> they, they open for us don't get it don't oh, get it. Oh. oh make that make sure we get that correct Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh what else phil do you have any do you have um, some other ones there- and on a more local level, I'm I am in Boston. Um, there's this uh, there's this band out of out of Western Mass called the Glad Machine. They they put out a really good record a couple months ago called Hey, and uh, highly recommended. Highly recommended. Excellent. <clears throat> Chip, what are some other records that came out this year that you enjoyed? So. Like Ryan mentioned, Archers of Loaf album is great. Uh, like Marissa mentioned, Afghan Wigs is going to be great no matter what. But the fact that Christopher Thorne from Blind Melon is now a full-fledged Afghan Wigs member and not like guest appearance by or touring member, but a full member of Afghan Wigs made it even better. I can't imagine what 1994 Chip would have thought about a Blind Melon Afghan Wigs kind of combo. Um, <laughs> I will mention one album that came out in the 90s that i didn't know that i picked up on record store day just because uh i don't usually do that but the brand new heavies album that was reissued uh i didn't know anything about them picked that up um at least at least record store day week i listened to it a ton i'm not sure that i've listened to it again since then but it was uh something that had always kind of caught my eye i liked the cover it looked kind of old schoolish kind of a jazz or blues or something album and um really like that when i listen to it uh the two that i wrote down that are sure to uh to raise a few eyebrows probably are um uh skid rose album that came out this year uh you know to me it's not as um it's not as good as like the first two records but uh i listen to it a ton and and it definitely like if i if i throw that thing on even though it's not sebastian Bach singing uh, I don't necessarily think that the new singer sounds exactly like Sebastian Bach, so it's not like I feel like I'm I'm transported back to 1990. But uh, music style definitely reminds me of 1990-ish, so I wouldn't be at all surprised to hear it on the radio. And I'm sure I would have guessed that it was Skid Row had I heard it. Uh, the other one that came out this year that I sort of forgot about until I was looking at the different artists that I interviewed this year that, again, that Ian may raise some eyebrows at is uh, Stabbing Westward put out a record this year. And Stabbing Westward is down to two original members, Christopher Hall and Walter Flackus, who's the keyboard player. Um, you know, I think Christopher spent a lot of time uh, with his band, The Dreaming, um, and and 
kept getting requests to play Stabbing Westward songs and kept asking when Stabbing Westward was going to be back and all that kind of stuff. And at this point, he was kind of like, you know, people, the, the Dreaming name had probably a small niche audience, but people knew Stabbing Westward. And so it's easier to go back to the old name, even though a couple of guys in the band are from the Dreaming. Um, but in, just like Skid Row, it's another band that, like, you throw a Stabbing Westward song from 1993 on or a Stabbing Westward song from 2022 on, and, and you can't really tell a difference. You know, it sounds just like it did in 1990, whatever, maybe not 1993, 94, 95, but, uh, you know, it's good. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for nostalgia and stuff that reminds me of being younger, and both those Skid Row and Stabbing Westward albums made me think that I was in my 20s again. To Chip's credit, the the singer on the Skid Row record is is doing a very good approximation of Sebastian Bach. Oh sure, sure. Um, I mean, like Warrant yeah. is my favorite, one of my favorite bands ever. Period. Not even have to qualify qualify it with from the nine eighties or nineties or hair metal or whatever. Like Warrant's one of my favorite bands. But uh, when Janie Lane passed away, they have a new singer, Robert Mason, and the twenty seventeen album, Louder, Harder, Faster, is a really great rock record. But if I listen to that, if somebody played a single off that on the radio, I would never guess it was Warrant. Like I, it's just, I, I didn't recognize it as Warrant. Um, but yeah, Phil's right. I mean, I mean, the, the new singer definitely has enough enough Sebastian Bach like qualities that. I could tell that it was a Skid Row song or a Skid Row album. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you guys mentioned all those records. Um, our folks should uh, check them out. And you should also, you know, join our Patreon because that's how you get access to our Discord and where we talk about all these records. And, and as Phil mentioned, it's a it's a uh, wealth of information about new stuff coming out that not everybody is always aware of. Or, or new old stuff. Yes, exactly. Um, for some of the ones that I picked prior to last year, when the Iron Maiden record came out, I had not listened to a lot of really heavy music. I never had a metal phase as a kid. I had like a Def Leppard phase, but I never went to like, you know, Metallica and and Megadeth and stuff like that. So I was primed this year for a lot of hard rock, heavy metal type stuff. So some of the ones that I, I enjoyed were Saxon's album Carpe Diem. Um, I liked the, uh, Napalm Death mini album that came out. Resentment is always seismic. Um, the Scorpions Rock Believer, that was a really enjoyable record. Um, Crowbar, which is more of a, like kind of a sludge metal band. Their album Zero and Below was really fun. I mean, fun, relatively speaking, it's punishingly heavy, but I found it really interesting. Um, I also enjoyed uh what's the name of the band um anmon amarth 
the great heathen army again that's like a swedish like heavy metal death metal band but man they are shredding and it's just like i was just ready for some really heavy um you know riffs this year so that's kind of where my viking metal huh viking metal yes viking metal that's 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 i think i've heard that before um and I also really liked on a not quite as heavy, but I really like the Colts album Under the Midnight Sun. And the um one that I recently revisited. There's like a super group of um members of My Chemical Romance, which is a band I was never really into. Coheed and Cambria, I never was really into them. Thursday, not a band I was ever really into. And a the lead singer is from a couple of bands. One's called Circus Survive, and the other one's called Sousen, I believe. And they put out an Sousen. album. Sousen? Sousen, yeah. Sousen, okay. Uh, I, I'm, of course, going to mispronounce that. But they put out an album called Past Lives under the name L.S. Dunes just a couple weeks back. It's really good. I mean, it's like you took the best player off of all these bands. It has this killer bass, like heavy bass tone. Um, there's some really, really interesting guitar stuff with playing with like atmospherics and, and using like your, um, your volume switch on your guitar, like, uh, as the, uh, like Eddie Van Halen would do basically, but imagine that in like a a post hardcore band. Um, and it's just a really, really rocking record for like nine out of the, or, or 11 out of the 12 songs. Um, the other one that caught me off guard, which is a band I'd never heard of, is Blue October. Um, anybody familiar with that band? Phil says, yeah. Chip. Um, they put out an album called Spinning the Truth Around, part one. I guess there's a second half to come it out. It just came year. out. Yeah. Yeah. I had never heard of them. I, I got I think I was getting them mixed up with um was it Blue Monday? What was the band? There was another band with blue in the title. And not Blues Traveler. That's not the one I'm thinking of. But there was there was another band with Blue, or maybe I'm thinking of Orgy covering. But there, there. I don't know if there is any more, but there was a Blue October in the UK. Okay, that's been around longer than the US. So this was that's sort of I'm like thinking. what? That's what I'm thinking of the UK version. Okay, yeah. So Blue October's album is sort of like there's like a little bit of more Chiba. And massive attack, like this trip hop element, but played with live drums. Um, there's some really atmospheric stuff, and then you have like this vocalist that kind of reminded me of Guy Garvey from Elbow, with the, sort of this rich voice. I saw it mentioned multiple times as honey kissed. Uh, that's how they described his voice. It's, it's just it's very intimate with the way it's recorded, and. Um, he uses it in very interesting ways. Sometimes he stings in a more staccato voice that's almost like hip hop ish. And then sometimes he's crooning, like straight up crooning. Um, but it works somehow. And the instrumentation, I think, is what nails it. It's very mid tempo to slow, very atmospheric. It's a chill record for the most part. And um, I, w- I had never heard of the band before, and I really enjoyed that. So, um, I'm going to throw some out there and see if anybody listened to these records. Did anybody check out the new Death Cab record that came out this year? 
Nope. Nobody. Is Death Cub transitioned to uh like Weezer status that I didn't I wasn't aware of? Do people not like them anymore? <laughs> I listened to it. I listened to it once through. I I have a history with that band, so like I'm always sort of at least gonna give it one go around. And and honestly, it's probably the best thing I've heard from them in in years, you know, like it's a little bit more um t- up tempo. I mean, there's you know, um some like pretty cool guitar stuff that's going on and definitely feels more of like a rock band than maybe the last few records have felt. There's there's a weird song where it's like spoken word and and I can't really understand where that's coming from but <laughs> otherwise uh it's a it's a it's an okay record i i feel like they lost something when chris walla left the band yeah um, you know there was like a uh just like i feel like chris was was really interested in making really unique sounding records you know um and i i actually got to record a record with him once and and watch him work and he's a really like kind of kind of a genius behind the boards and he's very at least then when when i recorded with him like very um traditionalist in how he approached things in terms of like no digital fully analog splicing tape together like really cool stuff so i just feel like they lost something when he left and i haven't been as interested since but but for what it's worth i think this new one's you know, decent enough. Um, Ryan, while I have you, um, you're, you're my go-to for guided by voices. Uh, as usual, there's multiple guided by voices records to discuss from this year. Did you check any of them out? Do you have any opinions on those? Bro, you know that I listen to them. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh hi. <laughs> wait, are you, are you a bigger fan than, than, Oh, probably not. Probably not bigger than than Ryan, but I'm I'm there. I'm up there. Here's what I'll here's what I'll say: is it's gotten to the point where I can't remember a fucking single song on any of the last like I don't know seven records. But I all but I know they're all great. Yeah, and it's just it's this blur of like, you know, I, I feel like the last I don't know four or five records there's just this prog element that has like entered the picture yeah. where a song will go through like six different tempo changes in three and a half minutes. And it's just like, what is happening? Yeah. But I'm, I'm totally into it. I think it's yeah, awesome. Same. Well, they had three records out just, just to refresh everybody's memory in March, there was crystal nun cathedral. Yep. Um, and then in July there was tremblers and goggles by rank. And then in October, I believe it was older material that came That's out on Scalping, Scalping the, the Guru. Guru. But don't worry, because in January, La La, 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 La Land. Land comes out. Uh, yeah, no one's worried, man. Everyone knows, <laughs> everyone knows it's going to happen. And, and everyone knows that, it, that it'll be great, even if yeah, you can't I, they, sing they, a second of it. Like, since 2017 or so, I, uh, Ryan may be able to attest to this, too. Like they they have found the right combination with their their sound engineer their live sound engineer is their producer, and they have just been able to put be putting out very consistently good records. They're uh, they're robots, man. Yeah. 
what else they do? They drink beer and they make music. What a um, Richard Waterman could not join us because it's um it's uh, like it's four like in the 3 morning. Three a.m. There, yeah, three a.m. <laughs> something like that. Uh, anyway, it's late. Uh, but he did leave us a nice list. Some of the albums we've mentioned, but some we haven't. He mentioned the Afghan Wigs. He also mentioned Annual Nose by the Trail of Dead's album Bleed Here Now. Um, Armor for Sleep by the Rain Museum. Um, not familiar with that band. I want to get them. I want to. I'm going to confuse them with the Rain Sanction or the Rain. Some other. There's another Rain, the rain Band. Parade. The Rain Parade. Uh, Big Rex. EP 7.2, the Black Crows EP 1972, which I believe was an all covers yeah. EP. Um, the Black Moods Into the Night. Not familiar with that run, that one. Um, Blood Incantations Time Wave Zero. Yes. <laughs> Chip is also nodding his head. This was the most unexpected of, of my favorite albums of the year. I'm sure Chip. Chip is probably the same way. Yeah, I think I I think I got familiar with them because of the Discord group. There's mm-hmm. a plug to join the Discord group, and I uh, checked out some of their earlier stuff, and it's like this really proggy, heavy metal. And you know, I love metal, but like it might have been a little bit too much for me. But that uh, Time Wave Zero is like the 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 most chill Tangerine Dream meets Pink Floyd napping record ever. Like I just. Mm-hmm. I, it is it is it's like yeah it's really quiet and it's really ambient sounding and um uh that's another band that i interviewed and um you know super super they're total metal dudes who you know just happen to make this completely ambient kind of record that i know that i think some of the hardcore fans hate it and some people who maybe have a have a broader broader range of listening habits liked it a lot but uh yeah that was a yeah. It's like the opposite of metal machine music. Yes. Yes. It's, or 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 uh, Neil Young's Ark. Like it's the complete <laughs> other end of of that. But I love and I agree. It's a great napping record uh for people in their 40s and 50s who like to take naps uh that might listen to this show. There you go. Uh, you, even if you're 30s, I encourage you to start taking naps. They'll they'll do your uh they'll do wonders for you. Um Richard also mentioned Caven's Heavy Pendulum, which I agree, that was a really good record. Um, the Comet is Coming, Hyperdimensional Being. Yeah. I, I was trying to, I listened to that, and, and it's an album that I, I can't describe. Um, it's like this, this crazy, uh, it's like kind of jazz, but kind of not jazz, kind of like scrunky, kind of. Free jazz? Uh, kind of, like, yeah, it, that was, that's something that like, I don't know how to describe and it kind of caught me off guard because I had read about it and it's a, it's a really interesting listen. Got it. Um, Someday by Dear Seattle, Diamond Star Halos by Def Leppard. Anybody else enjoy that record? I thought it was okay. I liked it. I think that there were like a couple that in there, they do like a, a country duet with some country singer. Allison maybe. Krauss. Yeah, I I, w- I could uh, I could skip over that one, but um, well, it, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a decent record, provided you don't listen to the lyrics. <laughs> what, Wait, what, are you saying they, mean, they've fallen since their lyrical height of "Pour Some Sugar on Me"? 
Well, the, no, it's like even simpler than pour some sugar on me. That's pour, that's pour what I'm sugar saying. me. Yeah, pour sugar me. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Uh, he also mentioned um, Earthless Night Parade of One Hundred Demons, Eve Six's Hyper Relevisitation, um, Goodbye June's See Where the Night Goes, Greg Pukiato. Mirror cell. Um, That's a great. The, the last two you mentioned are great. Like Goodbye June. I interviewed those guys this year, and they're just like a good modern classic rock band. If that makes sense. Um, uh, but the new record, you know, I, when I interviewed them, the first thing I said to them was, "It sounds like you made the best ACDC record of the last thirty years." And they said that during the pandemic, they really like pulled records out of their collection, out of the parents' collection, and that. Um, that was what they grew up on and they they didn't flat out say like we wanted to make an acdc record but it sounds like an acd's record and it's great um they pulled them out of their parents record collection yeah they're Are young these... guys they're younger guys <laughs> they're young yeah. and hey and they tour they, 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 they're from nashville and they tour with like they i saw them open for whiskey myers um in Columbus and I left before Whiskey Myers came on. So I don't really know what Whiskey Myers sounds like. Uh, but they, they have that kind of Southern rock, like they fit into that crowd. Um, but then they've toured with like rival sons and Greta Van Fleet and other bands like that, that I can't, uh, dirty honey. And like, they're all part of that, that, that genre of bands that could have come out in the seventies or eighties or 2022. Got it. And then, and Greg, uh, I, I don't know how to say his last name either. He was in Dillinger escape plan and, um, he put out a record last, he's, he's put out a couple records. He, he, um, is in Jerry Cantrell's touring band and I think he might have some, some songs on Jerry Cantrell's record that came out this year. Uh, he put out a record last year that is like equal parts. Oh my God. Like Marilyn Manson, Deftones, Nine Inch Nails. Like it's got all that kind of like that angsty aggro rock sound to it. Um, Alice in Chains, like it, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's. That's another, yeah, he's, he's putting on some good stuff. This is a band that gets mentioned on the Discord a lot. King Buffalo and their album Regenerator. Am I not? Am I? Am I right? Is there? I believe it's a Buffalo band. It's not Buffalo Tom that gets talked about. I think it's King yeah. Buffalo. Um, Museum of Light by Horizon. Georgiana Naked by the Naked Gyp- Gyp- Gypsy Queens. Porcupine. Porcupine. Porcupine trees. Closer slash continuation. Gnosis by Russian Circles, Working Men's Club album Fear Fear, and oh, that's it. Just said thanks for another great year. 
right back at you, Rich. And we like the uh, the t-shirt shot. Thank you for sharing that uh, in the Discord. Naked Gypsy Queens are, they they toured with the Black Moods. That was on his list. And uh, another band that I interviewed, they changed singers though. And um, they haven't recorded anything that I know of with a new singer. The old singer uh, for, I'm looking around, maybe Phil and maybe Tim, no, uh, looks like, their old singer looks like Jakey e. Lee. Ozzy's okay. guitars and from, okay. you know, Badlands, um, big black hair. I mean, he, he, again, their Naked Gypsy Queen is another band that totally fits into that. All those bands I was mentioning before, uh, the new guy is like 19 and has blonde hair and looks like, and he's from California and he's kind of a, a surfer dude. <laughs> and so just from a look perspective, um, I'm not sure if it's going to match what their sound was with the other guy, but, um, I think there was something going on in that band because I, the singer I, was, I think Richard Waterman expressed that concern himself. Yeah. Any other albums before we wrap this up? Any um, other albums people want to mention? I I did remember a '90s adjacent, um, like mainly because the band members were likely born in the '90s. Um, a band called Noiseheads. Uh, Richard Waterman recommended them a couple years ago. Uh, they put out an EP this past summer called Somehow. Uh, Partially recorded by Steve Albini. Um, There's a name everybody knows. Yes. Um, very, very kind of old school sounding, like grungy stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the not or the uh, explosives album, Ryan. There was also uh, John Reese put out his first solo quote unquote record. Uh, ride the wild night under the name Swami John Reese, and that's that's pretty good. I mean, it's what you expect from John Reese. It's good. Did, did you check that out, Ryan? I did, Tim, and uh, I wasn't blown away by it. Um, I don't think I like John Reese's voice. I, really? I love his guitar. I love his guitar playing. I think he's like a super inventive guitar player, but. Um, I prefer him as the guitarist. Uh, I that's just my whether it's Jehu or Hot Snakes or the Explosives thing. Like that's kind of my that's interesting. Okay, because I got introduced to them through Rocket from the Crypt, so the voice has always been the thing that like I I thought was cool about them. I, uh, I feel weird about saying that out loud because I'm pretty sure John Reese could kick the shit out of me. <laughs> It doesn't seem like the guy would do that. It just seems like he's like the kind of guy that might have like definitely have a switchblade. Maybe. Uh, So, you know, John, if you uh, hear this, forget it. Forget everything. (laughs) The odds of that happening. uh, Very good. Did anybody check out the two Jack White albums that came out this year? No. Wow. Jack White. Not, Not entirely. Just snippets. Got yeah, it. It's the same for me as well. I didn't listen to the whole thing. Just... What about the Liam Gallagher album? Come on, you know. Not nope. yet. We don't. Wait a I minute. Mean, Marissa, I actually liked you... the first two Liam Gallagher solo records. Yeah, Marissa, you're I, a big I have not had the opportunity to give it my full undivided attention and, and really listen to it and process it. So I have to abstain from weighing in. <laughs> Isn't okay. there a song? Isn't there a song on that record that Dave Grohl helped him write and plays like drums and maybe bass and I, he may 
It might be yeah. the whole song. But it's called I, Everything's Electric. This just yeah, reaffirms I, to me, by the way, that that Liam is the good brother and Noel is the evil brother. Like they're both <laughs> nightmares and insane. But if Dave Grohl is joining together with Liam, like I I, I mean he th- that he's he's like such a good dude. <laughs> Um, there was a solo record that came out this year that was kind of under the radar, but I enjoyed it. It was Billy Howardell's um, solo record. He's best known as the guitar player in a perfect circle. And um, it doesn't sound anything like a perfect circle. It sounds like uh, he listened to a lot of Depeche Mode and The Cure and wanted to make a very gloomy, dark atmospheric record. It's very unusual and it's very cool if you like that sort of gothic influenced sound did you go to that um, show tim in columbus no i did not so it was supposed to be at the newport music hall which is about 1500 1800 seat and it got moved to a and r music bar which is probably 250 ish 300 ish and mm-hmm. um I, I didn't go but i i heard reports that i don't know that it was even half full wow but i think you know uh well 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 well, people know his name, um, maybe overestimating how big that, how much weight that name carries, maybe. Yeah, I mean, because that band hasn't been really active. There's been one album in the last, what, you know, 10 years? Yeah. But you're and right. There's that, that also album, the Tool Effect with Maynard as well. Yeah. Perfect Circle. But, but you're right. That album is very Depeche mode kind of that uh, 80s synth kind of rock sound yeah all right unless somebody wants to jump in with a few last uh picks so i have so i i, I don't have album picks but i have this list of 90s bands that i saw this year and oh. there was a lot of them and i will say the the biggest thing i'm thankful for i'm wearing the t-shirt for those uh listening you obviously can't see it uh quicksand played in columbus ohio for the first time since like probably 1996 uh they reunited i don't even know how long ago five ten years ago and they've played everywhere but columbus i think they did play one of the the rock on the range or sonic temple but i wasn't going to go you know buy a festival pass to see a 25 minute set from quicksand on a side stage um so i got to see them and it was amazing but i'm gonna run i'll read this list really fast but 90s bands that i saw this year include quicksand uh, i saw the nine inch nails breeders black keys joe walsh show a couple weeks ago uh, afghan wigs i went to cincinnati to see i saw slaughter i saw ministry headline show i saw skid row warrant in winger i saw jimmy world and i think that's it and then uh big for the columbus crew um uh, Royal Crescent Mob, which were more of an 80s band, um, is reuniting for their first show since the 80s, uh, since I think eight, mid, early 90s, maybe? I think their last album came out in like 90 or 91. Yeah, for, for people who don't know Royal Crescent Mob, they were a Columbus band who were signed to Sire Records. They toured with, man, like the Replacements and, and B-52s. They were definitely like a funk band. They were the uh, Midwest's funk- Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, and the story goes that they were signed to Sire and the Chili Peppers were on Warner Brothers. And, uh, you know, the, the long the long told story, and I don't know if any of it's true, is that basically Sire was part of Warner Brothers and that I think somebody at the label said, we've got two funk rock bands, which one do we go for? And 
Chili Peppers got the time and the attention and the money, the tour support, and the Royal Crescent Mob didn't, and Royal Crescent Mob got dropped. Um, Happy Chichester ended up starting Howl and Maggie, so we got something good out of that. Uh, the reason reason for the reunion is a little sad. Um, the drummer, Carlton Smith, has uh, cancer, and I think it might be incurable cancer. Um, the singer, Dave Ellison, had, I think, I don't want to, he had cancer as well. I want to maybe prostate cancer. He has been a tour manager. Like the list of artists that he's been a tour manager for is extremely impressive, but he like didn't do anything as far as I know musically other yeah. than be a tour manager. He went right into tour managing. Yeah. So that show's coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. It's going to be super exciting to see them. And then later this week, I'm going to see Wasp and Armored Saint. Both bands I'm seeing for the first time ever, even though they've been around for 40 years. I was happy I got to see Sunny Day Real Estate uh, a couple months ago. That was that was sweet. Is that with uh, Jason Narducci on bass? No, he was actually playing extra guitar. Oh, he's playing extra guitar. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. They have a separate bass, it's a separate side bass player. Okay. Oh, I, I forget th- the name. Gotcha. Well, like you, I saw the Mannix and uh, Suede, Phil. And then the only other show I went to this year was Iron Maiden. Oh, yeah. And Duran Duran. I saw Duran Duran this summer, too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I went to the Pet Shop Boys in New Order, which. Pet Shop Boys completely stole the show. I mean, I wasn't surprised. I was expecting that. And then I was able to make it for the final uh, North American show, which was in Toronto for Front 242. So I was happy to see that and meet meet the band again, get some more photos. And then uh, after the last show uh, last year, I went for uh, Nights of Rap. But unfortunately, Douglas McCarthy wasn't uh, on stage. It was just Bon Harris, but he did a great job just by himself. And then... uh, couple weeks ago they're not 90s but uh, it was uh kaylin mikla with uh, kanga and that was a, a great show uh, kaylin mikla uh, they've opened for the cure a couple of times and, uh, robert smith personally selected them and they, they were quite pleased about that well first they thought he was joking <laughs> or it was a spoo female or something so their manager's like no you better get back to this <laughs> so that that was it for shows for me but we'll see. marissa I know you. I know you went to seven Afghan wig shows. Uh, did you make it to any other shows this year? Um, yes, I did, and I'm trying to think if any of them, aside from that spoon gig at Baby's All Right in Brooklyn, uh, were were '90s bands that are appropriate for discussion here. But I I, I was trying to minimize or, or or do like show triage you know, aligning everything with like my vaccine shots and, and just, you know, trying to be extra, extra cautious. And, um, you know, aside from that big crazy trip following the wigs around and spoon, and I missed too much joy, which was a bummer. They, uh, they played a one-off show at Mercury lounge. Um, I, I can't really think of anybody else who applies. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be seeing um the cherry pop and daddies in january uh how's that for a forgotten 90s band i think we're ready Um, for another swing revival like a swing (laughs) revival revival oh god why (laughs) i i love it that that shit is unironically my just keep, keep the keep the last last wave going I mean, there's like five emo waves why shouldn't we have like that many swing revival revivals 
There, believe it or not, I think that they are actually when it comes down to the nuts and bolts of, of songwriting and performing, they're, they're a more respectable band than they get credit for. Uh, with that said, they always do some kind of like ASCAP showcase in the city in January. So they're the next like DMO appropriate live gig that uh, I'll, I'll be attending. And um, well, maybe I'll have, some, I'll have some thoughts on that when we do the 2023 <laughs> <laughs> roundup at the end of next year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Ryan or Bill, would you like to share any concerts that you attended this year? Yeah, Yeah, I saw Sunny Day Real Estate and it was fantastic. They uh, blew the power um, during In Circles and the show just like ended abruptly, but it was somehow like the most emo shit to ever happen, like (laughs) during the most emo song probably ever written. Um, and, uh, I saw pavement, um, and they were super good. Like I saw them a few times in the nineties. Uh, I saw them on the terror twilight tour, um, or not. uh, Yeah. And, uh, I saw them on their last tour and they seemed totally miserable playing, you know, uh, and, uh, they were like joyful and bouncing around on stage and joking and having fun and just like playing loose. And it was just like, but also very tight at the same time. Um, and that was a great show. And then, um, actually went to Toronto by myself a couple months ago to see this band called the Killjoys who were like a Canadian, uh, power pop kind of band. Um, never really did anything here in the States, but because I live so close to, Canada in Detroit, um, they used to play them on the radio all the time because our alternative radio station was based in Windsor across the uh, Detroit River. So yep. um, they were a, a big band for me and I saw them a month and a half ago or something like that in Toronto and they were they were awesome. So those are some 90s uh, gigs that I saw. Tim, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Bill, did you make it out of any 90s gigs at all? Uh, no. That's a big bummer, right? Um, yeah, That's all right. I mean, I, the last one I went to was uh, Blue, B-L-E-U, but he didn't really get started till the early 2000s. But, uh, well, he broke through in 2000. Yeah, so right right after. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that, that was the Redhead re-release show, right? Yeah. All right. Well, this is this is a good spot at the hour and a half mark that uh, we can uh, say thank you to all you guys. Thank especially because we were we're down my co-host today and uh, I appreciate you making this such a strong episode uh, in spite of our limitations uh, of me having to <laughs> do the, all the announcing. Um, so thank you to uh, to Chip, Phil. Ryan, Marissa, Bill, and Ian. Um, I hope you guys all have a excellent rest of the year. And I look forward to doing this again in um, 300 and something days. 360, perhaps five, maybe days. We'll see. Well, no, that would be a, that would be a Monday then, right? Because it goes back one day. We don't do recordings on Mondays. So uh, 64 days. 
Sorry. So put that on the calendars. <laughs> um, I want to remind everybody to go to the Patreon. That's how you join our Discord, where we chat about music every day, among other things, um, possibly recipes or uh, show pictures of our dogs and cats. And uh, also, if you go to uh, Patreon through DMOUnion.com or DigMeOutUnion.com, you can also read the Box newsletter, which you can sign up for uh, and receive every week with new releases of 80s and 90s relevant albums, uh, movies, books, TV shows, and the like. And uh, if you like what you heard, you can leave us some positive feedback over at Apple Podcasts. So. Thanks to everybody for spending this Sunday evening uh, with me. And for them, I'm Tim, and we're out, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. Dig Me Out.